0: Welcome to Bill Bronchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. Mr. Bronchick is an attorney, best-selling author, and a real estate investor with 25 years experience. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. Well, today's topic is a real estate topic Uh, And also a legal topic, which is uh, divorce, which was one of my father's favorite things because he was a divorce attorney for 35 years and then a uh, divorce court, court mediator for another 20. So I wanted to talk about real estate issues in divorce. Um, And how, you know, just generally speaking, because, you know, divorce rate being 50%, odds are someone in this call might be affected by it. Uh, But also as an investor, when you're dealing with people in divorce, some of the legal snafus that you might come across, okay? Um, So in most states, property acquired by the couple after they're married is considered both property. Now, in some states, they call it equitable distribution. In other states, like California, they call it community property. Um, I'll go over the difference, you know, in a little bit. But for divorce purposes, it's not really important because all property, whether you know, however it's titled, when they distribute it in divorce, you know, the old Eddie Murphy joke: half. <laughs> um it gets distributed no matter what, no matter who holds title or no matter you know how how things are held that's the meaning of the word equitable distribution fair distribution now community property is is you know divided up pretty much the same way um uh, there are certain assets that are not split up in divorce uh and and those are things for example that are inherited or brought into the marriage before they were married. So let's say know uh, person A is, ma- is uh, single, has three rental properties, has it in an LLC, uh, gets married, and the wife contributes nothing to it. They don't uh, share in the, the income from the property. It stays in a totally separate account. It's not commingled. Um, then the value of those properties when they went in would be the property of the husband separate from the equitable distribution. But in most states, the increase in value of those properties may be subject to equitable distribution or community property. Now, community property says no matter how a property is titled, it the other spouse has an interest in the property anyway. So even if it's just in wife's name, the husband has... A right to the property. Now, not in a divorce setting, we already said that it, it gets split up, but the situation where people are separated, for example, and wife is living in the property, husband moved out, they're not divorced yet, uh, they're just separated, and the property is in only husband's name. Now, in most states, that's, I mean, excuse me, wife's name. In most states, wife can... Deed you the property, contract to sell you the property, no problems at all. In community property states, however, you still need the spouse to sign off on that, even though their name is not on title. Now, um it doesn't matter the mortgage issue which we'll get to in a bit in a bit that's irrelevant to transferring title so if husband and wife bought a property together they both are on the mortgage then in the, and then uh pursuant to a separation agreement uh husband deeds the property to wife wife solely owns it both are still on the mortgage that's irrelevant okay if you're not, uh, if you're not in a community property state okay so like, for example, Colorado, non-community property state, you could deal just with the wife. She could sign a contract. She could sign a deed. She could sign closing papers. Fine. No problem. Okay? Um, in other states, there are some states in the South, they have what are called courtesy and dower rights. And it's spelled the courtesy is spelled a little differently. Um and what those mean is it goes back years and years ago in common law of like um the right that a spouse and usually the woman has in the property. Sort of like a community property, but you still need a sign off of the spouse in those states. So you better check, depending on which state you're doing it in, if the property is only in one name and they're not divorced. Or are they, I mean, if they're living together, separated, whatever, but they're not divorced, check to see whether there's community property, dower, or courtesy rights. That would require a signature of the other spouse to approve the deal. Okay? Uh, the best way to do that, if you're not sure, is to contact a local title company or attorney and they will tell you. Okay? Or go Google, you know, your. Local, let's so say you're Tennessee, which I would bet has dower an and courtesy rights, uh, you could Google that and find a title company website and they'll explain to you whether that's required or not. Okay? So to sum up, uh, in divorce, uh, it's either equitable distribution or community property, but again, it really doesn't matter. It's a split up. Uh, but when you're buying from someone who's separated but not divorced, and you're in a community property state or one that has dower courtesy rights, you've got to get something signed by the other spouse, okay? Um, Now, it gets a little tricky when we've got a divorce decree. So, for example, um, let's say that husband and wife got divorced, and they, you know, whether it was pursuant to a trial or a settlement, it said, okay, wife gets the house. Both are on the mortgage. Wife gets the house, so husband is ordered to deed it over to wife. And within five years, wife has to refire, sell the house, or pay off the mortgage, somehow get the husband off the mortgage. Okay? So you approach the... uh." wife uh in year three and you want to buy that property from the wife who's solely on title it's not community property there's no dower courtesy rights do we need the husband's permission
1: what do you think don't know
0: yes don't know anybody take a guess I said yes no. the answer is no no because the mortgage and the title are two different things. Remember, the husband and wife were originally on title and originally on the mortgage. Okay, the mortgage is a liability to the bank. Husband deeded it to wife. There's no community property, or it wouldn't matter anyway, because once they're divorced, community property and dower courtesy rights are irrelevant. Okay, so that was kind of a curveball that I I threw at you—a little trick question. Um, so after the divorce, none of that stuff matters, okay? Um, but it says in there that, let's say it'll make it even a little more complicated. It says in there they they must sell it within five years and give the husband, you know, $50,000 from the proceeds, okay? And let's say there's not $50,000 in equity. Then what? It gets tricky, right? Do we need court approval or just the husband's approval? Because the court order said you must do X, and we're saying we can't do X. Does the husband need to approve, or do we have to go to the judge and ask them? It's a tricky question. There's no no easy answer. It depends on which state you're in. But in most cases, you don't. You don't need the uh, court's permission. If the husband's willing to take less, that's fine. Okay. Another scenario, uh, it's year seven. Two years passed, market values have dropped, or wife can't, you know, get a refi, can't qualify. Uh, husband wants his name off. She can't assume the loan because she doesn't qualify. She can't get a new loan, and she doesn't want to sell. Then what do we got to do there? In that case, you got to go back to court, okay? The court would force the... The force the wife to sell the property so the husband can get off the mortgage or get the money out. But these are very common scenarios you come across all the time. So um, it's a little tricky. If you're in doubt, make sure you consult with an attorney in, in, that, that knows the divorce laws in that state in particular. Uh, but one last thing, uh, two last things I wanted to talk about. One was uh, related to that scenario with the both people on the mortgage. It's so common, that scenario, where both people buy the house jointly and they're both on the mortgage. And then, let's say, the court says, well, uh, husband's going to deed it to the wife, and then wife gets to keep the property and and then, you know, refire or sell or whatever, pay it off, and get husband off the loan within five years, okay? Well, what if the wife stops making payments? What happens to the husband's credit? Uh, What happens if he goes into foreclosure? Who's liable? Both. But if the wife doesn't have any money, and the husband moved on, and he has money or did well, he would be liable. So if you're going to do a scenario like that, this is not really an investor scenario. This is more of a personal scenario. um, You should have something against the property a lien recorded against the property like a deed of trust or a mortgage okay and even if it's a note for a dollar like a dollar mortgage doesn't matter but that mortgage agreement says if you default on the first mortgage in front of me because it's a second obviously i have the right to foreclose so what would happen in that case is husband Mm. If wife stopped making payments, could step in, keep it current, and then foreclose the property and get it back? Hmm. Does that make sense? Does everyone follow that? Yeah. Otherwise, in most, in ninety nine percent of cases, the one spouse will deed it outright to the other spouse with no protection, and the spouse that gets the property doesn't make the payments, goes into foreclosure, and screws up the credit and potentially has liability for the deficiency. And it's so stupid. Divorce attorneys routinely do this because they don't know anything about real estate law. So if you are ever in that situation or you have a friend who's in that situation, make sure if they're deeding it away, they get some recourse like a like a mortgage recorded or or something some way to get the property back. Uh, so they don't get, you know, hit with the problems of the spouse that got the property and
1: can't make the payments. Okay, Bill. Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah, shoot. Sure. If the husband is still on the note and the wife stops making payments, is he responsible right. for making payments if he's got money? Correct. So that and gets really bad. It'll affect
0: his credit. Yeah, it, it'll affect his credit. And if it gets foreclosed, it'll really affect his credit. And if the house is upside down in in equity and then there's a deficiency judgment, they can go after him. Wow. So it's amazing that 99% of divorces do this. That is nuts. Now, we do this as investors. We buy properties <laughs> subject to <laughs>
1: disordered,
0: right? We do that all the time. And it's funny because people go, well, that's not legal. You can't take over someone's mortgage if you're not on the title, blah, 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 blah. What do what people do in divorce every day of the week? Two people on a mortgage? One de- Even, let's say, husband and wife. Husband is on title solely. Husband has the mortgage in his name, but pursuant to the divorce deeds it to her. He's still on the mortgage. She's on the title. What exactly did they do? A subject to transfer. Yeah. Exactly what they did. And the husband is SOL if she doesn't pay. Now, I hope you women listening don't think I'm picking on you because it can happen the other way around just as easily. Just as easily. Okay. Um The last thing I wanted to talk about, which relates to this a little bit, uh, is what we call nuptial agreements. There's two kinds of nuptial agreements. There's pre and post. Pre, you've heard of, a premarital, or pre-nuptial agreement, um, are agreements that you sign ahead of time that says, if we get divorced, here's what you get, here's what I get. Okay, those are pretty common. Uh, They also have what's called post-nuptial agreements, which you could sign after you're married. Well, now, if you bring it up with your spouse, that's like the easiest way to get divorced. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, the people do it. People do it. But you know, let's say husband and wife are you know live, you know married for ten years, and wife says I want to go do real estate. The husband says I want nothing to do with that. That's your project. And why says, "Well, I want you to sign something. That says if we get divorced, it's all mine. Fair? That's fair, right? That's fair. Yeah. And it would be enforceable. It would be enforceable. Okay.
1: Any questions on the uh, divorce uh, real estate thing? I got one more question about. Yeah, go ahead. It- if the husband is required to make payments and he has the money in his account, isn't he breaking a law by not – isn't that like deliberate foreclosure or something if he's got money but he doesn't make payments because he's not living in the house? Do you know what I mean?
0: Deliberate foreclosure? What do you mean? Do you mean is, he, is it?
1: Is it criminal for him to do that? I thought that it's almost like if somebody has a rental property or something, and they don't want the property anymore, and they just don't want to make payments anymore on it because it's a crappy rental property, so they just let it go to foreclosure. I know that's illegal. Is this the same thing? Right,
0: Right, that's equity skimming. When you take title to a property and there's a window usually of a year or two. So in the first year or two, you take a property with someone else's mortgage and you collect rents and you don't pay your mortgages or taxes. That's called equity skimming or rent skimming. That's illegal. Okay. Okay. Uh, It's not in this case because the husband... Who's on the loan saying, I'm just not going to pay it, I don't care. If she ain't going to pay it, I'm not going to pay it, I don't care about my credit. He's not collecting rent from her. I see. It's only when you're collecting rent. So if, let's say, you're a, uh, a landlord, and it's, by the way, this only applies to someone else's mortgage. So if you buy a property and your name's on the mortgage, and after a year you say, you know, I'm just not going to pay the mortgage, I'm just going to collect rent, and for the next six months until they foreclose, I'm just going to collect rent and not pay. That's legal.
1: Oh, okay. Shouldn't wow. be.
0: Shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, now, the bank can get uh, uh, a receiver appointed and, and, and collect those rents directly, but they, they rarely do. And commercial, they do. You know, in commercial, it's very common. If you've got millions of dollars coming in and it's a six-month foreclosure process, the bank's attorney's going to step in and say, wait a minute, Judge, we, we, we want a receiver to step in and collect that, you know, $100,000 a month income for the next six months. Right. But on a single family, they won't do that. Okay. Good question, though. Okay. uh, By the way, I'm not a divorce attorney or an expert just because my dad was. Um, I know the basics as as they apply to uh, real estate, but uh, if anyone calls me after the call or emails me after the call and says they want advice about their divorce, (laughs) I can't help you there. I'll refer you to somebody else. The only advice I can give you, stay married. (laughs) And what's interesting about that is a lot of people, like my wife and I have talked about this, if we got divorced, we'd stay on the properties together. Because although she may just not like me anymore, she may still trust me as a businessman. You know, what I mean? so that's very common. Where a husband and wife, let's say they own three LLCs, and there's a total of ten properties, and it's all shared, right? Um, you know, in some scenario, the 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 spout, one spouse may say, "I want everything forced and sold, so I can get my half." Uh, and might be a better idea to say, "Let her ride." You know, "I just give me my share every month." Yeah. And that's what I would probably recommend for most of you, if you were, uh, you know, married together. Unless you, you needed a ton of cash uh, out of the deal, it would be to stay on the, stay, you know, keep it going, you know, keep let it ride. You may even remarry and have your ex husband or ex wife managing the properties. In fact, I've got clients who invest their IRAs together in real estate. 'Cause they know and trust each other in the business. Even though they don't really like each other on, as a romantic sense, but they trust each other in that thing. And what's great is when you're divorced you're not disqualified parties as to each other. So you can, you know, borrow from your wife's ex wife's IRA and vice versa. So if you, by the way, if you ever have that trouble uh of, you know, your IRA and your spouse's IRA and you, you know, it's, it's disqualified party issues, just get divorced. That's all. You know, you still live together on paper, you know. That was a joke. Funny. A bad one.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Bill Bronchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com.